Welcome to today's inspiration. I am Prophetess Tammy Williams with Eagle Wings Faith Ministry, and we are so excited that you have allowed us to come into your home tonight or today. I am thrilled of what I'm bringing to you today. I have a guest with me that's been with me, with us at Eagle Wings Faith Ministry for almost three years. Um, they showed up on my doorstep and began the deliverance process. And as you know, Eagle Wings Faith Ministry is a ministry that we are equippers, on hand equipping and delivering to help people navigate life and do it victoriously. Um, the scripture that comes to mind today is out of Revelations um, 12 verse 10. But first I wanna open up in prayer. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for every viewer that's tuning in at this very moment, in this very hour. We pray, Lord God, that their ears are open to hear, a heart to receive, and that there's a peace that surrounds them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Again, thank you for allowing us to come into your home. Revelation 10 and 11 says this, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And now this is the next verse I love, verse 11. Write it down, family. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Who I'm about to introduce to you today has overcome obstacles, hindrances, demonic influence, like no other person I can even imagine. What's really amazing is you're not only gonna to get to meet her, but in upcoming episodes, you're gonna to get to meet her husband. This couple's life has truly been transformed by the power of God and only by the power of God and their surrender to say, I need help, were on the brink. They were on the brink of divorce, literally. And you're gonna to get to hear real, raw testimony. So if you have little children, Please have them exit the room. This is not something that they need to hear right now until they're a little bit older to have understanding. Although it's up to the parents, I understand that. But I don't want this testimony to be sugar-coated. You need to know the power of God and what he can do when a person hits their very end, when they hit that all-time low, when they hit that place of what do we do now? be it on the brink of suicide, death, murder, whatever. You have heard, you have allowed us over these last few months to come into your home, and we brought you some real and raw testimonies from my husband, Apostle Chris, and myself, to our son, Dallas, to now you're getting to see the next leg in Eagle Wings Faith Ministry, and that's um, Ashley Durham. She is the secretary on our board of directors. She is a powerful woman of God, but when I met her and she showed up on my porch, and I'll let you tell that part of this, let her tell that part of the story. She was broken, she was mad, she was angry, and she really didn't want to meet me, honestly. But the power of God has been amazing. It's been hard work. They'll tell you, it's been hard work. It's been opposition after opposition, just like verse 10 says, but verse 11 has manifested. And this is a woman of God who has given her whole self and has fruit to show from it. So many people say, and they go to that altar and they say, oh, I've got delivered. And then the next week you see them all messed up. Mm -hmm. 
and you're like, I thought you got delivered. Deliverance, the altar is a start. We believe at Eagle Wings Faith Ministry, there's a process. A process to walk it out one day at a time and lay everything out. We spent hours with them in our living room in council and deliverance and going over every single root they had and dig it up and, and destroy that root. So let me introduce you, because I, I could go on and on about her because I love her as a daughter. I love her as a friend. And I am in awe of how they're leading their family now. We are honored to be able to serve them. So let me introduce to you Minister Ashley Durham. Ashley, thank you for coming on. We, we, we are excited. We know God's going to do great things moving forward. Yes. But tell us your story. Tell us from, I know we could go way, way back, but for the saving of time, mm -hmm. start at that front porch. Well, I, I kind of have to back up just a hair. Okay. Um, long story short, won't go into childhood. I grew up in a very broken home. Um, <clears throat> my husband and I had been married for um, about six years, and we had numerous, numerous, numerous separations. Lots, lots of things, um, lots of abuse, drugs, alcohol, um, just not respecting one another. Um, him and I had went through a very, very nasty separation. And uh, when I showed up at her doorstep, um, it, it, there was a lot that happened that led up to that. Um, him and I went through a very nasty separation in 2017. And uh, we had been separated about seven months. And before we had separated, I, I want to say that I, I was fighting with him. Uh, the abuse and, and the verbal abuse was very, very intense. We were both doing things that we were should not have been doing. And I was fighting for our marriage, but I wasn't fighting in the spirit. I, I knew God, but I didn't know God. And I fought with him on a level just to try to get him to do what was morally right, not what was biblically right. And do you also believe, though, that there was also manipulation on your part in that Absolutely. from the, the flesh of wanting to really duke it out and, and beat him up? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, and, and I literally was always the one to let's throw hands, always. Um, so him and I had separated and, um, three weeks after him and I had separated, my daughter passed away. Um, my 23 year old and I, and my other daughter that was 21 at the time, we had went out. He was doing things that while we were separated, that that's his testimony and I'll let him share. Um, but I was trying to get even with him. Very, very spiteful. So I went out to a bar one evening and my daughters went with me. And we were drinking. I met a gentleman there. We, you know, we took photos, we Facebook Live, you know, I wanted to make sure that my husband saw what I was doing. It was it there was, you know, all manipulation to try to hurt him as much as I could. Um, that night, 
uh, lots of alcohol was involved. Um, uh, an argument broke out in the bar. We wound up in the parking lot. Um, my daughters began to fight amongst one another and we got in the vehicle to leave and my daughter who passed away was in the passenger seat in the front and her and I began fighting. She started throwing hands. I was trying to, you know, make her stop. I was getting onto the interstate in Knoxville and I had pulled over because we were fighting so hard, I was afraid we were gonna wreck. So I stopped and she grabbed my wallet and, and, and threw it out the window over the guardrail onto the interstate. So I got out and climbed the guardrail and this was, this was a, around midnight. I turned the flashlight on my cell phone on to try to find my wallet and her and my other daughter got out and began walking down the median. I find my wallet, I get back in the car and I, you know, yell at them, get back in the car before you guys get killed. They get in, we proceed to, to start driving again and my daughter at this point was very belligerent. We were both screaming and cussing and, and fighting and she started to throw blows again and I had just passed a car that was five lanes on the interstate and I got into the fourth lane. And at that point, we had just barely started traveling again and she grabbed my steering wheel and she yanked that steering wheel and I skidded over through the fifth lane and into the median and hit the guardrail. And when I hit the guardrail, it wrecked the front of my vehicle and blew the tire out. She started to get out and when she did, and I have to be very transparent because it's part of my testimony, and there may be a lot of backlash that comes at me for it, but that's okay. My last words that I spoke to my daughter before she died was, you're crazy, and I'll never have nothing to do with you again. Get out. And she was in the process of getting out when I said that. My other daughter was her sidekick, her best friend, her accomplice in everything, and she got out with her and began to walk. And I was so mad, and I was so angry, I pulled off to let them walk. And immediately when I pulled off, I thought, okay, this is crazy. We've gotta get a grip. So I'm gonna pull up a little bit. I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna let them walk, and they'll, See, this ain't fun, it's cold. It was uh, the night of December 28th of 2017. And they'll get in the car and we'll go home. Well, immediately when I pulled up, I went up about a half a mile. When I pulled up and stopped, a cop immediately pulled up behind me and I said, my daughters are back there, I need you to go get them. They said, we need you to get out the car. I get out the car, they begin to search me. I said, I don't have anything on me. And they said, what's going on? And I told them what was going on. And I said, they should be walking, just go get them. You know, just go get them, talk to them, get, get my daughter to calm down so we can go home. They said, we need you to get in the back of the car. So I got in the car, I sat there and I waited and I waited and I waited. She never walked up and I could see the camera on the, where the rear view mirror would be in a cop car. And I was watching the camera and like 30 minutes had passed and I kept thinking, what is going on? 
So then another cop pulled up and then a detective and then a few more and the detective comes and opens the back door of the cop car and he says, I need you to tell me what's going on. So I told him, told him my name, what had happened. He said, well, there's been an accident involving a pickup truck. And I said, okay, and my immediate thought was it was one of my daughter's boyfriends who drives a pickup truck. He, I figured they called him. He was coming, you know, to see what had happened. That was my thought. So we sat there, um, I think another maybe few, I don't know, it was a few minutes that had went by. But um, then I see more cops and all these people standing and all these cop lights and the detective comes back and he opens the door and he says, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but your daughter was in an accident and she did not make it. And I, at that point, I didn't know which daughter. <clears throat> and I said, what? And he said, again, I'm sorry to tell you, but your daughter was killed. And if it's any consolation, she was killed instantly. And he said, it was Trisha. And he said, we're going to get you home now and we're going to give you a card on the accident and all that and you'll you'll have people to get in touch with i blacked out i came to my other daughter and her boyfriend was standing there with some family and more cops and they fixed my tire and a gentleman drove me home that was there at the scene um my husband and I had been separated for about three weeks, and I immediately blamed him for her death. Isn't it ironic that we always have to have a scapegoat because we can't process. When you don't have the Holy Spirit and you don't have God in you, you still have to blame someone. Yeah. And it pushes you further from even calling on God because you don't have a relationship with Him as it is. So as you all can see, so far, there's now anger. Placing oh, yeah. blame, it, it, it fuel. You, it was fueling the three-week separation. Would you say that that was a huge instrument on how bad it got? Oh yeah, that that drove that. me. That the the hate. I was so angry at myself with regret and the condemnation and blaming myself. Um, it turned, instead of me carrying all of it, I needed, like she said, I needed a scapegoat. So I put it on my husband. Um, so at that point, I literally began to plot murder. I plotted his death and a, a, a lady that he was seeing at the time. I, I, I plotted their murder. And I thought about my children, how they were gonna live who was gonna take care of them. I, I mean, I had everything thought out. I had numerous ways on how I was gonna take them out. And um, so, um, thank God it, it never happened. But in the midst of my hate, it caused me to be very numb. I was a very numb parent. I got up, I took care of my children. Um, the best way at that time that I knew how. I fed them, I provided. So it was very robotic. Very robotic, didn't spend a lot of time with them. Um, my, my dinners consisted of alcohol and hanging out with men and women, whoever I could find the attention from and whoever I knew that would hurt him the most is who I sought the attention in. So I became very much 
a Jezebel at that point. So I, in the midst of all that, decided to take him to child support court, and I was going to nail it to him in court. So we go to court, and we had been there all day long, and now this, we had been separated at this point about six months. And we went to court, and I was sitting in court, been there all day, and I had just had a, a, a knee injury, and I just had surgery three days before. I was on crutches, stitches and, and bandages, and um, I was very hurt, very, very much in pain. I go outside of the courtroom. Well, I looked back at him, and he was having a panic attack. And he whispered, I'm sorry. And when he did, that welled something up in me that made me even more angry. So I go out the courtroom, I'm out there crying, bawling, and I feel him grab a hold of my shoulder and spin me around. And when he did, I felt my hand, you know, draw back to hit him. And this is where God intervened. I heard the audible voice of the Lord. Come on now. And I heard it just as plain as us sitting here talking and me giving this testimony. And I heard him say in the sternest voice, the deepest, manliest voice I have ever heard in my life, let it go. Mm. And I thought, instantly I thought, I don't want to let it go. <laughs> Come on. How am I, I don't want to <laughs> let it go. And then I thought, where did I, where did I hear that? And then I heard it again, calmer and slower. Let it go. And I promise it was just like somebody standing right beside me. And all I could do was just look. And I thought, I I'm crazy. I'm, <laughs> I'm crazy. Isn't it funny when we hear the voice of the Lord, we automatically think we're crazy. Yeah. Until we I was crazy. And then I thought, it, it, I didn't recognize it at the time, but I thought, I'm not crazy. What was that? And then, I, then it was stirring in me as he was talking. I have no idea what he was saying to me. I know he hugged me, and I just stood there and, and crying, and then I, I thought, was that God? Mm -hmm. So, long story short now, we had got back together. I thought, okay, I'm going to let it go. And I told him, I'm taking you back to see if you really mean what you say this time. For some reason, I need to see one more time if you're going to be the man you say you want to be. My, come on. We'd been together for about six months. Things were perfect. He worked every day. He held down a job. He provided. There was kind of like a honeymoon. A, it was yeah. It was it was a honeymoon phase. The kids were happy, but we were still drinking. We were still using marijuana. We thought we were doing the best we could. Well, then about six months later, his sister had invited him to <laughs> Eagle Wings Faith Ministry. I had to work on a Sunday, so he told me him and my daughter at the time that was uh, about 13, mm -hmm. maybe, uh, him and her was going to go to church. I said, okay, oh, I got to work, so it's, you know, it's cool. Well, they went, went to church with you all, then went to, I think, a revival mm -hmm. or something that, that evening, and boy, they come home, and they were filled. Their cups were running over. And all I heard for a whole week was about this church and how loving they are and, and how he felt the presence of the Lord. And, and it made you mad, didn't it? At, well, it did because kind of I, push your buttons. I, I had my mind made up that even though things were great between him and I, that God wasn't for me because of everything I had went through from my childhood to previous marriages. I had been married two other times, you know, before him. 
Uh, and I, I just, I had went through a lot. So I played the victim at the time and just thought, well, the Lord's not for me. I know who God is, but you know, some people are just born to go to hell. And that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Amen. That is a lie. Nobody, I don't care what your sin is, nobody, Come on. nobody is intended to be doomed for hell. That's right. So he asked me, please go to church with me next Sunday. I said, okay. I'll go. Well, they just so happened to live next door to his sister and his mother at the time. So we were at my mother-in-law's house on a Friday and her husband, um, Apostle Chris and, and some friends next door and stuff were going to go to Winter Jam. <laughs> she had decided to stay home for whatever reason, which we know now that it was God ordained. Um, I was taking a sabbatical that day. <laughs> yeah, you took one. So um, I was kind of being catty, and I said, well, aren't you going to introduce me? Oh, yeah, come on, he said. I'll, I'll, let's, I'll introduce you to him real quick. I said, no, I'm just kidding. It's okay. Really, it's okay. So he said, no, come on. I want you to meet him before church Sunday. That way you'll have a better feel because I don't, I used to not deal with strangers very well. So he knocks on the door. Prophetess Tammy comes to the door, welcomes him, looks at me and says, well, y'all come on in for a minute. So we step in and he introduces us and Prophetess Tammy says, how are you? And I had the, tried to be respectable, but street girl attitude. I was, I'm good. And she said something to the effect of, are, are you? I no, I said. I think I said. How's that working? Well, for you me? asked me twice how yeah. how I, if I how if I how I was, and then you said. So how's that working for you? That's when the the gulp, you know. So I immediately started crying, and I'll never forget. She walks over to me, and she lays her hand on my arm, and you said can I get real with you for a minute? And I said, yes. And she said, God wants you to know that it's not your fault about your daughter's death and you need to stop blaming yourself. And I immediately looked at my husband because he had went to church the week before and I thought he had told and talked about it. And I said, did you say something? And he was standing there. He said, no. So then I was like, okay, there's something to the Lord. There's something to him. So then it brought me back to the place of hearing that audible voice six months prior. And I thought, okay, God's dealing with me. He really is dealing with me. So my husband says, I, do y'all want to talk? And she's like, yeah, like, you know, are you comfortable with sitting here and talking? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So he leaves, he goes and picks our children up and he's gone. Well, we talked and we talked and we talked. Seven hours of talking. And I talked about everything. My childhood, my relationships, my marriage, my daughter's death, my relationship with my other kids. And there was no magical words. She just listened. Asked questions here and there and just listened. So that's where we're going to stop for right now. As you can see, 
that's the day their journey began and her journey began. If there is something on there that you can relate to, something that perked your interest, you want to tune in to the next episode because we're going to continue this conversation of this is when it starts getting hard. You know, you can see how much demonic influence there was in her life. And she has come to know how much demonic influence there was and how unworthy she felt because she had an identity crisis. And that's what we address in the next episode is how Satan can destroy someone's identity, rob them from their identity, and almost try to rob them from their purpose and destiny in Christ Jesus. You don't want to miss the next episode because I'm telling you, this now the story is really going to be getting good because what I said in Scripture, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. This is a woman who is sold out to God. Does she buck? Yep. Does she get mad? Yep. Does she have to crucify her flesh daily? We all do. But let me encourage you, it doesn't matter what your story is. You can be victorious in Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining us today in today's inspiration. Tune into the next episode. Thank you. We love you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You are loved by us, but more importantly, Jesus loves you. God bless. I appreciate y'all watching uh, our show uh, this evening. If there's anything, anything whatsoever that you have heard that has uh, spoken to your heart uh, and, uh, and you feel the need to either rededicate your life or uh, turn your life over to Jesus, uh, I encourage you uh, to, uh, to uh, reach out to us uh, we would be more than happy to speak with you uh, either on the phone or, or via email or however. You can reach out to us uh, and, uh, and it's easy. We can say a prayer for you. Uh, I, it's, 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 Jesus says uh, to Nicodemus uh, that you must be born again yes. uh, to enter into uh, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so I encourage you uh, to turn your life over. Uh, if you need to rededicate, uh, that, that is also to turn your life back to. Repentance is simply turning from where the direction that you were going to a new direction. You're no longer a, uh, the old uh, person that you are, but you become a new person through the gift of salvation. So I encourage you to reach out to us at eaglewingsfaith.org. Uh, you can click on the tab, uh, contact us, uh, and you can put it through the website, or you can email us straight, ewfmchurch uh, at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, God bless you, and we will see you later.